Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. Welcome back to NBS Fitness Radio. I'm here with Barry Wickham. And uh, Barry has been a pretty long-time member here at MBS Fitness. When did you first join? So I joined in January of 2020. Okay, nice. Um, what what kind of spurred you to take that step? Was Adam already training here at that time? So that was right when Adam started. Okay. Um, you know, Adam, my son, he was, a, he was a sophomore. He had just finished his sophomore year of high school football. And was really taking the interest in it, was really excelling. And I talked to his head football coach uh, and asked him, I was like, hey, you know, he, he really has an interest in possibly playing at the next level. You know, how do we, how do we pour gas on this for him? Yeah. And he had, he had previous players who had trained through NBS. Yep. And so he, without hesitation, said, you need to take, call David Allen and take him over there. To NBS, and so he signed up, and uh, that was sort of my first intro into NBS, and got to know about the place. And so it was shortly after that that I decided, you know, maybe I need to give this a try. Also, awesome, cool. What made you decide? Yeah, I'm going to give this a try. Well, you know, I was at a point in my life where, you know, if I look back over my adult life, I, you know, I was a high school athlete, played football in high school, um, loved it, loved the game. Got hurt, and so, you know, had to retire early because of injury. And when I was going through college and even my young adult life, you know, I would do things to get myself in shape for a little while, and then I would get lax, and life would change, and I'd get out of shape. So my entire really adult life, I was always kind of yo-yoing through fitness. You know, I'd get serious, and I'd start running for a little while, and then I'd Something would get busy, something would change, and I would stop, and, you know, I would, I got to lose some weight, so I'd go at it again, and I'd lose some weight, and then, you know, my weight was always yo-yoing, and, yeah. and then, you know, got married, had kids, and life was, I was always very busy, yeah. but I was, you know, I was not in great shape, but yeah. I would, again, would do things from time to time, it's very inconsistent, and so by this time, you know, 2019 comes, and I'm, you know, in my mid to late 40s by now, and Again, Adam's training, and I'm kind of like looking around, at, looking at myself, looking at my son, going, you know, he's he's a he's a pretty good athlete. He's, yeah. pre- he's a pretty good high school athlete. Yeah. So I just decided, you know, I, I'm not really setting a great example for him, and I'm not setting a great example for my daughter. Yeah. And, I'm, and so the more I thought about it, and I was like, I need to make some changes. And I had tried other things, so I said, well, let's give this a try. And then as I got in here and learned about sort of the philosophy at NBS and the, the way the team here approaches helping clients, like, okay, well, this is different. Yeah. Let me try this. And, uh, and it, it really stuck. Had you ever done anything like guidance-based before, or had you always kind of just done stuff no, on your own? It, okay. it, had, it had never been guidance-based. And that was part of my problem is I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. You know, I lifted weights in high school. But once I got beyond that, and, and what we did in high school in the 1980s was pretty basic. <laughs> you know, it was it was your three basic lifts. It yeah. was bench, squat, deadlift. And that's what I knew. Yeah. And I didn't like deadlift. So I was down to bench and squat on my <laughs> own. You know, somebody wasn't going to make me deadlift. I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. So, I, you know, I was, I, I never really knew how to train. So I could go in the weight room and piddle around with dumbbells and curl bars and a bench and things like that and 
squat rack, but and I could go run. That's kind of what I knew. I didn't really know anything else. So that I mean that wasn't part of my background. Yeah. So never had anybody teach me how to do any. So when I started here, I had a lot to learn. Yeah. That, that's what I that was the first thing that hit me. It's like, man, there's a lot you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what was a true what was something you believed to be true before joining MBS that you realized was not true? You know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with probably because of when I started is, you know, you shouldn't do this because you're X age. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, yeah, I don't remember exactly. It was, I'm, I'm about to turn 52, so I was probably 48 when I started. And so I was like, gosh, 48-year-old guy. And I had actually literally had a doctor tell me. This, this is no lie. So several years prior, I was – doing some things, working out, and I tweaked my back. I tweaked it pretty bad. Um, and I went to, at the time I knew a guy who was a, a doctor, and he was, he was actually an orthopedic doctor. He was a back specialist. And I went to him, and he was asking me what I did, and I told him. He looked at me and said, you know you're in your 40s, right? <laughs> you probably shouldn't be doing that. It's like, well, I mean, here's a, an orthopedic back specialist telling me I shouldn't do this. Maybe yeah. I... Maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. And so that just sort of reinforced this whole thing I'd learned my entire life. You know, when I injured my back in high school, I was like, well, you can't, you know, you shouldn't lift heavy then. Yeah. If you got a bad back, you shouldn't lift heavy. Well, now I would tell you the opposite's true. Yeah. I need to lift more now, and I need to work that area more than the others because I need to strengthen it. it yeah. It's because of a lifetime of ignoring it yeah, yeah. and protecting it, it's probably my weakest spot now. And, and I have to work double time to, to overcome that. Yeah. It's essentially, it's not that you have a bad back, therefore you shouldn't do this. It's probably from lack of doing this has caused your back to be disproportionately weak compared right. to the rest of the bot, your body. Right. So, so by doing this in an intelligent way, yeah. you can strengthen that. Right. And we don't have to like, I guess it goes back to like that label of like, I bad back. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It, it is such a cop out. Uh, medically, and yeah. to all my friends who are doctors, I'm not throwing stones, but uh, one thing I've learned in the last couple of years is medical advice is always going to come in the most conservative form. You know, I, I interesting story. At, since I started training, about a year and a half ago, I was at a doctor's office, and he was marveling at the fact that wow, you're like 40-something pounds lighter, yep. all your blood work looks great, what are you doing? Yeah. And so I tell him, you know, I train now, I do CrossFit, yeah. and, you know, a doctor at that who's looking at my medical results yeah. tells me, well, you know, you should be careful and not lift too much weight. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, dude, lifting weight is a, what – helped get me here right. you know? like you're literally looking at the results of you're, lifting weight you're looking at the results of me lifting weight now and doing it uh at a high end he's telling me you know you really should watch your intensity level and watch the amount of weight you do when you're, when you're moving at high intensity i'm like well i do and i watch it go up because yeah. i'm getting better and better <laughs> at it so. i was i was having a conversation about a, a general idea of this like earlier is that like it's weighing out advice against like is it true and, like, sometimes when people say, like, 
well, you really should be careful about lifting too much weights. It's like, well, to determine if that's true, we had to like really dive down deep. Define careful. Is that careful technique? Is it care- careful frequency? And where's the standard for yeah. that? Yeah. It's like, well, okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm using good technique. I'm following intelligent right. programming. Yeah, I'm being very careful. I have coaches who help me yeah. understand how to do it with great form, how to load weight, how to know how far to push myself. It's great. I have all the guidance in the world to do this effectively. Yeah. Thank you for that advice on being careful. Yeah, and it's like, okay, right, now define too much. What is too much? Mm-hmm. Are we talking like total weight load lifted in a single session, in a single movement, over a, yeah. over, over a period of time? And then define weight. It, like, can I lift, is weight external weight? Or like, can it, is, does my body weight count? Yeah. Or, or, you know, <laughs> and, and so it just becomes like this totally yeah. arbitrary yeah. Statement and when if you dig down into it, you realize, hey, no offense, I, you're, you're a doctor. You're mm-hmm. here to fix my brokenness, mm-hmm. but you clearly realize that that's not the area they have expertise in. So we right. go to doctor. Essentially, what you're being told is, what's the most conservative advice I can get that's going to reduce my likelihood of of acute um, current pain or injury? Mm-hmm. But if I went to a doctor and I said, hey, I want to ima- optimize my life. I'm going to optimize my health and fitness. I'm going to optimize my health span, lifespan. Well, then essentially you have to lift weights. You yeah. have to train. Like, yeah. And that's kind of the, 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 the I was the, told I should play tennis. Yeah. And, and pop Achilles tennis or get, yeah. you know, it's like there's yeah. risk involved with everything. Yeah. Right? That, w- that was the advice. Like, man, you should take up tennis. I was like, why? Like, wh- why? Yeah. I like CrossFit. I was just like, tell, right, cool, cool. Tell me why. Yeah. How is that better than what I'm doing? Well, and I, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day, you know, um, I, I joke with people that like, you know, when you turn 40, the warranty runs out on the body, right? And, and things just start hurting for, for no reason. And I was, I was a victim of that. And so, you know, people ask me, now, I was like, don't you get sore? Don't you get injured? I'm like, well, yeah. It's like, but you know what? When I was 45 and not working out, you know what would happen? I'd wake up, my shoulder just hurt. Yeah. You know, my knee just hurt. It's, yeah. It was from inactivity. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm probably I'm probably in the best shape of my life right now. Yeah. I, I'm probably in as good a physically shape. There was one other period of time probably in my early to mid-20s when I was in great shape. Yeah. And this is – that's probably the only other period of my life when I was in equivalent physical shape of what I'm in right now. Yeah. And, and – I think about it back then, you know, I, yeah, I'd have sore knees, I'd have sore ankles, I'd have sore, and then I quit working out, and you know what, I have sore knees and yeah. sore shoulders, and so you're, if you're just looking for comfort, yeah, you know, it, it you're, that's an elusive thing, yeah, right, you're, you're gonna hurt, it's you're, gonna, you're gonna hurt, you're gonna hurt, so training. you may as well be physically able yeah. while you hurt, like, so, the, um, if you're listening to Peter T.A. talks about being in the top uh, 10% of people mm. 20 years younger than you. And so, like, my statement is, like, a framework as I'm approaching my 40s is, like, mm-hmm. I should probably be able to beat the shit out of most 20-year-olds and most yeah. fitness things. Because, yeah. like, he, he says, like, to optimize health and fitness, that would be a good gauge. Yeah. You're in the top 10% fitness-wise of people 20 mm-hmm. years your, your junior. Yeah. So in your 40s, you should be able to beat most most 20-year-olds. Yeah. And um, 
and like hearing you say that is they're like, I'm in as good a shape as I was when I was in the, my best shape ever in my twenties. Um, when I say that to most people in their forties, they they think I'm just absolutely insane. They're like, that's crazy. Like there's no way you get 40 can be as fit as you were in your twenties. Yeah. I would, I would tell you that they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. hundred. And, 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 and again, it, it's relative. If I had, if I had trained like I did now yeah. when I was in my late twenties and early thirties, okay. I would have probably been because my, 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 my capacity, my natural capacity was probably better. Then, yeah. Okay. But there's nothing genetically unique about me yeah. that, is the reason that, okay, I'm in such great shape now at, at age 51. Yeah. It's just that I've just made decisions. It's yeah. that I'm going to do this, and I've realized that if I make proper life choices with my fitness, with my nutrition, with my sleep, with my leisure activities, yeah. you know, how I spend my time, it all adds up. It, it builds up over time, and this long game kicks in, and, and you know, you just kind of wake up six, nine months later and go, Man, I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. So, like, what were some of those moments in 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 um, in your experience here? Like, kind of like eye opening moments. Like, wow, I did that. Like, what sticks out in your mind as like your kind of big three accomplishments? So, um, I'll will tell you a quick story first. The first workout. This is what I think the first eye opening thing for me would probably on the other side of that was how far I had to go. Mm, yeah, because <laughs> when you and I don't know, maybe it's something about being. A, a southern dude who you know grew up playing football yeah. and you know you always kind of think you've got kind of a badass gene right i mean you know like push comes to shove i, yeah. I, I got it in me so I was, i'm not as good as i once was but, but i'm I as won. good once as i ever was <laughs> yeah. that's exactly right um but my first workout here i joke with matt harford about it now i nearly died <laughs> you know it was like one of these four rounds of like three different movements and it was a 15 minute time cap something like that I get through with three rounds of it, and I'm hands on knees, huffing and puffing. And Matt looks at me and says, all right, man, you got one more round to go. I just looked back at him and said, no, I don't. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I can't catch my breath. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I got a long way to go. So that was sort of where I started. Like, yeah. I, could, I could not get through my first workout. It was, it was bad. But over time, started building some capacity. And I would tell you the first thing that was a really big deal for me is – you know, the ropes that used to hang in the back building. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, because I walked in thinking, hmm, yeah, I'll, you'll never see me hanging off one of those things, yeah. you know, unless somebody jumps me and strings me up from it. You know, I'll never be at the top of that thing. Yeah. And then I come in one day, and we're doing rope climbs. Yeah. Like, okay. And coach showed us the technique, and I realized, wow, I've got enough upper and lower body strength now. I can climb that rope. Yeah. And so I climbed that rope and that was a big deal for me. Yeah. Like I was really proud of myself yeah. for that. Like I never, cause just when I walked in, I thought, again, I'm this old guy in here doing this. I'm just trying to not die. Right. Yeah. And, and here I am climbing this rope. So that was, that was probably a big one. I think last year doing Murph with like the full Murph, yeah. the full version vest on, yeah. Pull-ups, push-ups, air squats, running the two miles, all with the vest. For me, that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. That was something, because that was probably one of the first times I said, I want to do this. Yeah. And when I when I set my mind to it, I could not do pull-ups yet. Yeah. I had to spend some time developing 
the necessary strength to do pull-ups. So I sort of put my mind to it and said, and went to Matt and said, and went to Angie and went to Matt like, hey, how do I get this? Yeah, yeah. So set aside some some one-on-one training. Matt put me through some workouts that we're going to work on that skill. We're going to work on that specific strength item. And within a couple months, I was doing pull-ups. Nice. And then sitting down with Angie, and she's like, do you know how to kip yet? Yeah. No. Okay. Let's go work on that. Yeah, yeah. And so it was, for me, it was a big deal, Not, but it, because it was a, all right, here's a goal. Here's a target. And it's not an easy one. It's, this is something I've never done. Like, yeah. I, when, the first time I looked at Murph, I went, again, ain't no way. I'll never do that. You know, you'll never see me out here running up and down the street with a 20-pound weight vest on. Yeah. And that Memorial Day last year, strapped on that 20-pound yeah. vest and completed it, you know. And it wasn't fast, but it didn't have to be. Yeah, no, that, you just did it. Yeah, I just did it. Um, so that was, a, that was a really, really big deal for me. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, the gap between no pull-ups to Murph. I mean, weighted vest, Murph. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> a big gap. That, that was a big gap to overcome. Yeah. But, but hey, how long? Did, how long did it take you to to bridge that? Like, when did you start trying to do the probably pull-up? six months? Okay, so six months ahead of Murph. Yeah, you went from not being able to do a pull-up to doing a hundred with the weighted vest. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. It was a it was a lot of focus. It was a lot of focus. So, all right, so that's two. What's number three? Um. Gosh, I I think um, I think the training I'm doing now mm-hmm. for the uh, twenty nine oh twenty nine event. Yeah. I I about two weeks ago, yeah, you know, we had the big Buffalo fifty k. Yeah. All right, and back probably back in in the fall, if you'd have said, "Hey man, you want to go run?" and I would have said, "How far are we going?" Yeah. And if it was more than about three miles. I would have said, mm, yeah, that's, uh, nah, no thanks, yeah. no thanks, not interested. Um, and that day, but again, set a target. And through the training I've been going through, which is a lot of running and a lot of, a lot of cardio endurance, um, that day I ran 12 and a half miles. Yeah. You know, some walk, it didn't, didn't run the whole thing, but basically I completed two loops of yep. that 6.1 mile course, yep. you know, one for the team. And then I had a friend who was out there running the full 50 K by himself. And I had told him, Hey, if I see you out there, I'll, I'll run a lap with you. Yeah. So I did my lap for the team. And about an hour later I saw him. He was like, Hey, you want me to pace you? He's like, yeah, come on. So I went out and ran another lap with yep. him. And when I sat down later, I said, yeah. What, what did you run previous to that? Like distance. Yes. What was the farthest distance? Oh, two and a half miles. Oh, okay. So you just went from two to 13. Well, oh, oh, you're talking about in the training? Well, I, no, I had started running up to six miles. Okay, got so it. So I had come, I had run six miles a couple of times in the training. Got it. Okay. I had never done it twice in a day. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I had got to where, you know, I went from when I started the training again, running, you know, running two, two and a half miles to then running three, then going five and then doing six just in my neighborhood and and then like okay let me go try six on a trail which has got a degree of difficulty and then that day doing it twice which that was to me that that was a huge eye-opener again of man you don't know what you're capable of yeah yeah so okay then what's the lesson you learned from the experience of saying 
I'll never be able to do a road climb to doing a road climb. To going like, there's no way I'm gonna do Murph. To going like I'm gonna do Murph. To going, I can't run more than three miles. So like I'll run thirteen. Like what? What do you? What are the lessons you took away from like all that? I, I think it's just that, you know, your own mind can be limiting mm-hmm. if you let it. If you if you don't allow yourself to imagine what you're capable of, you will self-limit. Yeah. You will self-select out because something seems hard. Yeah. Like I would I would have told you even before that before that weekend at Big Buffalo, I would if you just said, hey, you would you think about running a, a half marathon? And I would have said, ah, oh, you know, and, and I truly do not enjoy running. Yeah. I, I you know I, I'm not I don't love to run. I do it, it's good, and I, I enjoy the sense of accomplishment when I'm done with a run. Yeah. But but it, but I said, oh man, running thirteen miles—that's oh, that—that yeah. that sounds awful. And then I sat down that night. I was sitting at dinner with my wife, and I went, you know, I ran like twelve and a half miles today. Yeah, it just—I would have never allowed my mind to to fathom that until now. It's like, okay, now you have some evidence that you can do this. So if you just let don't you know don't let your mind limit you. Don't let don't let some preconceived notions about you're too old, yep. you're out of shape, that's hard. Yep. Again, and, and I say this, again, there's nothing genetically special <laughs> about me yep. that allowed me to do this. It was just learning to be gritty and getting through it. Yeah. I, I, I've, um, I've used an analogy before that, like, if we're going to set a scale of health and fitness, most people, People go like I'm a five. They just kind of look around like I'm average. I'm probably mm-hmm. a five. But I try to say, okay, well, if the if the one is like 500 pounds, morbidly obese, about to have a heart attack, and a ten is a CrossFit Games athlete, you're not really a five. Right. You're a one point five or a two. Yeah. You might. Yeah. Yeah. You might be a three. Yeah. yeah and then because it, like, so you said it's like. You've never exposed yourself to the standard. So you're like, I'm probably okay. But when like you do that first workout of just like general basic fitness, four rounds or whatever, and like mm-hmm. get your, your ass kicked. I'm like, I can't even do that basic thing. Yeah. Like my my how much first workout experience is always a fun one. Yeah. Mine was uh in the class class was like it it was like a chipper and like burpees at the at the very end. And I got killed by like everyone in their fifties and sixties, yeah. and they're all standing over me clapping. Yeah, going, you're doing so good, Dave. Yeah, you know, <laughs> shut up, go like, away, stop patronizing me, go away. Yeah, this is like, oh crap! Like I thought I was like a fire pie, okay yeah. at this. It's like not nah, like your bottom. <laughs> so then the flip side of that is like, but with a a little bit of effort, you could be like a seven eight. Not like not everyone can be a nine ten, and you probably don't want to be a nine ten. Like ten yeah. being like. CrossFit Games athlete, yeah. nine being like could go to the CrossFit Games, but eight, seven, eight being like you're one of the most fit people yeah. in the world. Yeah, top one percent. Nine and nines and tens. Those are the ones that you know God made us all equal, but some are more equal than others. Yeah, 100%, right. Yeah. Th- those guys are genetically different. Yeah. you know. But yeah, like a seven, eight being like in the top, eight being in the top one percent, uh, seven being the top ten percent, fittest mm-hmm. person in uh, in your age group in the world. Is like like you are that, mm-hmm. and so that's about like when you're saying like your minds are limiting factor. I was like your minds are limiting factor on both. It's yeah. the, it's because you haven't experienced it yet. You're not aware of your true standing 
and where you could actually be. Well, and, and you know, we, we live in a society that medically tells us your goal is comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and there are a phrase I heard recently, there are consequences to comfort. <laughs> I love that. You know, that comfort comes with consequences. And again, you're talking about, you know, how do we get you to not hurt a little bit? You know, how do we, how do we get you to comfort? It's like, gosh, if your arm hurts when you raise it over your head, well, gosh, just don't raise it over your head. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Don't feel that discomfort. You know, I, I used to joke with people. It's like, you know, as long as I sit really, really still, I never feel out of shape. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but what? I, but you know, effort and time are yeah. what it takes. Because yeah. that's the other thing is, if I would have just woke up one day and said, "Man, I'm going to go run a, I'm going to go run 12 miles today," it wouldn't happen. Yeah. I had to, I had to give myself time. Right? You had, you got to play the long game with this thing, you, and yeah. you can't just wake up and decide. You have to wake up. You have to. You can wake up and decide that's a goal, but then you need a plan to get there. But like, there's obviously like you didn't. Your first workout was in January of 2020. Mm-hmm. Got killed by the first workout you did. Mm-hmm. In 2022, so two years later, two years, four months when you did Merv, mm-hmm. you did 100 pull-ups in a vest, which essentially puts you in the top 1% fittest 50-year-olds in the in the world. Which is unfathomable. So you, like, that's my point. It's like you went from like a two yeah. to an eight in right. two years. Yeah. And, <laughs> but not overnight. Not overnight. And, that, and but, that's what's scary is people think, well, gosh, if I can't do that in the next six weeks. I mean, there's no magic pill that says you're going to go from a overweight guy who, you know, after three minutes of work, you know, your hands on knees up and <laughs> yeah. puffing to completing an hour-long workout wearing a 20-pound weight vest. You're not going to get there in six weeks. You, got, you have to give it time. Yeah. You, you have to give it – you have to commit the time to it. But, you know, quite, like if I, okay, if I said, okay – you're going to, God, what is that? I mean, it's way more than doubling your fitness. Oh. I don't know, 20Xing it? God, it was, yeah. 30Xing I mean, it? I'm a different person. If I, okay, but it, I, I was just, yeah. I'm just going to use yeah. a 20X multiple yeah. as an example. If I said in two years, you're going to 20X your net worth, mm-hmm. but it's going to require one hour a day of like something that's uncomfortable. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm taking that. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, what's because of the resources that and the things that would make it would, uh, the things it would bring available to you that aren't are currently available now. Well, that's no different than health and fitness. It's yeah. like in two years, you could 20x your health and fitness and think of yeah. all the resources you'll not have at your disposal. Disposal. Yeah. yeah. So like in two, like when you think like it is a lot. I mean, I 100 agree. Like it's yeah. a long game, but yeah, to think like in just two years yeah. you did that. Right. It's it's a it, it's a long game, but. If you stick to it, and that's what's so encouraging about, you know, the environment we have here and the supportive environment, not just the coaches, but the other members, you know, the community you get plugged into yeah. here is, you know, it's, it, stick to it, it becomes part of life and it becomes part of who you are and sticking to it. And then, then you just wake up three months later and go, man, I'm, I'm doing stuff I didn't used to be able to do. And then a year later, it's like, man, look at what I'm doing now compared to what I was doing a year ago. And now I look back three years and I go, man, I, I'm a different person now. How does the level method, I'm essentially having objective goals to shoot for, play into that? What, do you remember your first, call, were we doing level method then? 
when we start, when I started, we were not. I, okay. I went a year just under the old program okay, got where it, yeah. there was level one, level two, level three, RX. Yeah. And, and to the level method now. And do, I, do you I, remember what your initial color was? I think it was blue. And what are you now? I am purple now. Okay. And I'm trending towards brown. Got it. I've got, but again, I've got, I now know what I've got to do to achieve yeah. the next level, which is, which is the cool thing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, for me, that was something else where I was able to assess and go, okay, of these 15 categories, where, where do I need to focus? Yeah. And upper body pull, for example, is one. I was like, okay, I'm pretty weak there. Yeah. Upper body push was interesting for me because I could overhead press a lot of weight, but I couldn't get through the push-up test. I yeah, couldn't yeah. get past the body weight yeah. test. So I would, you know, I could, okay, great. Yeah, throw a lot of weight on there. Let me do an overhead press. That's great, but... Okay, do 100 push-ups. <laughs> Dying. Yeah. Uh, so the level method really helped me. Number one, I personally like to have a target to shoot at. Yeah. It helps me to go, that's what I want to, I want to get better at this, and here's an objective standard that I can go meet. Yeah. So that that was really helpful for me. And then obviously just to identify, okay, here's, you know, here's a map, here's some standards, where are you, where are you weak? Yeah. Okay, here are the things I need to work on. So I can look at it today yeah. and go, all right, here's the four areas that I need to work on to to better myself to become a more well-rounded athlete. Yeah, I think that yeah, what you were saying is like what was the lesson learned by by looking at something like I'll never do that. Yeah. Cuz like for a lot of people they'll come in and go, "Well, I'll never do that." But then the level method gives them the ability to okay, but if I do this and then I do this and I do this, oh, now well, now I'll get there. Yeah, so if you think about know back in previous you know, previous way we used to do it is gosh could i do rx well i don't know it depends what yeah. is what is rx yeah. you know it, it was just this kind of mythical hard workout level yeah now i can look at it and go okay well there are certain workouts that oh yeah I, you know i try to do brown whenever i can yeah um i'll once in a blue moon, dabbling black, but very, yeah. very, very once in a blue moon. Yeah. But you know, sometimes I'm I'm doing purple. And, yeah. Um. You, you know, but I don't view I don't view that as anything more than that. That's where I am, right. and so it's great. But it lets me know, okay, there's a reason you're picking that level. It's yeah. not just some subjective. Gosh, do I feel like throwing some extra weight on there, giving a whirl? Yeah. No, I know now. Okay, here's my strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So. I need to scale back this because I've tested that area and know I've got something to work on or we're doing this and I need to, I need to amp it up. I have the ability to amp it up in this area. Yeah. Do you feel like it gives you also a kind of uh, uh, not there yet? Like mentality. It's like, it's not like, Oh, that's just not, that's like, that's out of the question mark or that's, that's out of the possibilities. It's more just like, Oh, I'm not there yet. But like, as soon as I do X, Y, Z, I'll be there. Yeah. What it does, it tells me is like, okay, if I go focus on this, I, you know, if I go spend some extra time on, on this area, yeah. I can get better there. Yeah. You know, um, and just as a perfect example, recently, you know, forever when we would do our running assessment, I was running a mile, I could run in just under eight minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> and it kind of felt like I was stuck there. And I kept telling myself, you know, if, if I just, if I ever get a chance to just really work on that I think it'd be good well then through all this endurance training that I've been doing for the last 10 weeks yeah we just happened to do a running assessment last week and I beat my best time by like 45 seconds <laughs> Dang. yeah 
you know, and had I was shooting for like a seven forty. Yeah. Yeah, you're like just a little bit. Of I better. just want to get. I just want you know. I, gosh, I'd like to be under seven fifty, but well, if I shoot, I might get down to seven forty. And I ran it in seven fifteen and felt like you know had a little bit more in the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually had you know one of the guys in the morning class, Christian. He he was like, "Hey, you want me to pace you today?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, what do we?" You know, he he can run you know, sub seven, so yeah. he's like, "I'll I'll pace you today." What do you, what's your targeting? I was like, "Yeah, seven forty. So we get up there running. I'm looking at my watch. I'm watching our pace going, yeah, okay, we're going to hit this. And we hit the line at 7.15, and yeah. I was blown away. Yeah. So, again, just now, I, I, again, once again, proven, okay, listen, focus on that. Yeah. And now you're better in that area. Yeah. You know, give it time, put a little effort into it, yeah. and you'll get better. You focus on the things. Focus on the areas you need to improve. And you'll get better at them. And you'll get better at them. Awesome, cool. All right, so um, – Let's talk a little bit about the Everesting um, event. First, just share what it is. What is Everesting 29029? So 29029, this is an event that I first heard about back in probably 2019. Uh, I heard the the guy who founded this event, one of the co-founders, a guy named Jesse Itzler. Um, I actually heard him speak. Uh, he was a keynote speaker at this business conference I was at. Yep. One of the most impactful keynote speakers I've ever heard. Probably the only one I ever kept the notes from. <laughs> Probably the only one I can remember actually what he said, yeah, you yeah. know, in the dozens and dozens over my life. Well, so I learned about this event and the, and what it is, um, the way it's, it's structured, it's meant to be, it's an endurance event. It's not a race. It is a you versus you type event. And it's meant to be different than a marathon or an ultra marathon or a triathlon <clears throat> because the goal is elevation gain. The goal is not distance. It's yeah. not like we're going to run 100 miles. The goal is we're going to gain 29,029 feet of elevation. Yeah. So it's unique in that aspect. Um, the way the event is structured is I'll have 36 hours. So you go to a, you go to a, basically a mountain. Okay, I'm going to Sun Valley, and on the 6 a.m. local time on June the 9th, the horn is going to blow. And I'm going to have 36 hours to ascend this mountain. And it's, uh, it's about roughly 1,975 feet of elevation gain for each lap. Mm-hmm. So I'll ascend the mountain, ride the gondola back down, repeat. And I have 36 hours to ascend it 15 times. And if I ascend it 15 times in 36 hours, that is the, a 29,029-foot elevation gain which is the equivalent of going from sea level to the top of Mount Everest. Very cool. Um, so, and in transparency, I'm doing it as well yeah. in, in August. I, and I wasn't, I, I hadn't asked this question yet because I thought about it, but like, obviously it's not exactly 29,000, 29 feet for whatever that mountain happens to be. Yeah. Or, so like, do you, do you, do a partial one on your last lap or do you have no, to it's, I think it's, it's measured out so that, you know, on, on the, the mountain I'll be at, it is, you know, 15 laps at it's 1,976 feet of elevation gain. So, okay. So, and again, it's, it's elevation gain, not mileage. Yeah. yeah. So they've, they've figured it out to where that's. Uh, oh, so maybe your starting point. Okay, yeah. so they do it. Okay, then they just maybe adjust the starting point. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, so so like I will ascend from what is basically six thousand feet above sea level to yeah, roughly yeah, yeah. eight thousand feet above sea level. Okay, that makes sense. I got okay. it. All right, awesome, cool. Um, so what made you decide to take it on this year? 
So uh, it was something, again, as I, as I, I always, I was just fascinated when I learned about this thing. And, and again, thought, boy, I bet you got to be in great shape to do that. Yeah. And I think over the last two years, as I've built confidence in myself and my physical abilities and mental abilities to say, all right, how do I, how do I run through a mental wall? You yeah. know, and a lot of what we do in group training, and there are points when it's like you got to gut through it and doing Murph. Okay. Yeah. You got to gut through this. There's a point in doing that when you just want to sit down and stop. Yeah. Right. And you just can't let yourself, you just have to keep going. And so I started feeling like, you know, maybe I'm getting this. And then the concept of, I got to, I got to find out what I'm made of. You know, I want to yeah. try something really hard. Yeah. And this really appealed to me. This particular event really appealed to me. So I just sat back and said, there's no reason to wait any longer. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to do it. What am I waiting for? So sat down, talked to my wife, said, I want to do this. She said, okay. Yeah. And she got behind me hundred percent. And so I signed up and off I go. Awesome. What are you most looking forward to in this experience? So I, I feel like I can do it. I, I, I feel like if I train well, I can do it. So what, I, what I'm hoping happens is the end of this is I, again, prove to myself once again that set a goal, take that goal, assign a plan to it, yeah. follow that plan, see where the result gets you. Yeah. What, um, I guess, not what was like the most, what concerns you the most about the whole event. I think the only thing that concerns me is that it, if I had to pick one thing, and, and I'd say on a scale of how concerned I am, I would, on a scale of one to 10, I'd say it's about a four. Yeah. Um, I would say that the only thing I can't simulate in the training is actually being 6,000 feet at 6,000 yeah, feet yeah. of elevation. Yeah. And there's a lot of questions through, through the event is a well curated event. There's a great amount of information and support from the organizers. You know, every two weeks, there's a coach's call where you can ask questions. And the question about the elevation comes up a lot. Yeah. And what they say, which is interesting, uh, there's a lot of questions about a lot of things come up. And this is where I, I get, I get back to feeling better about this. They say the cure for all these questions is show up in shape. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. that showing up in shape minimizes the impact of all the variables yeah. whether it be weather whether it be aches and pains whether it be yeah. the elevation and so because what what they say is uh, there's two ways to approach elevation number one you show up really really early and you let yourself acclimate and said and you know sometimes it takes people three weeks to really acclimate to elevation <laughs> the other approach is you show up the day of, and you just get after it, and your body has no idea what just happened. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have any time. To react. It doesn't have. It doesn't have time to react. So yeah. just get after it. But then they say, but just show up in shape. Yeah, and then because essentially what elevation is doing is it's decreasing concentration of oxygen. Yeah. But if you're in shape, your body handles. Uh, you're not going to put as much of an oxygen load on your body, right? Because you're in better shape, so right? You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So and so that that's probably the only thing that I can't, I can't truly mimic is being at 6,000 feet of elevation, yeah. but I can't control it. Yeah, yeah. So I can't worry about it. So, and 
there's enough body of evidence that says you don't have to train to elevation to be successful yeah. at this. So because you're not, it'd be one thing if it was twenty nine thousand right. feet like that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Not required to wear an oxygen yeah, mask yeah. or anything like that. So. What um yeah, what seems to be is is what's like the most common concerns that that, that you're hearing from people with regards to it. So. There's probably buckets. Number one is, oh, my God, I don't have a mountain to train on. Okay, yeah. And the response is always, we've had people from zero degrees above sea level in Louisiana follow our training plan, show up, and successfully complete the event. Yeah. They never set foot on the side of a hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they showed up. They tr- showed up in shape, in yeah. great shape, trained. They, you know, they trained physically. They practice their nutrition yeah. and how they were going to do that. And they were successful. Yeah. So yeah, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of questions about equipment yeah. and do I need, what kind of poles should I carry? What kind of backpack should I carry? Cause what they do require that you have on you, um, gloves, a warm hat and a rain jacket Yeah, because the weather is a huge variable. Yeah. And so while you're, you know, and they will tell you that you could have a 20-degree temperature difference between base camp and the top of the ascent. Yeah. So you have to be – so they actually require you to carry that. Yeah. Um, but people will ask, what kind of shoes should I wear? And, you know, so – and that's just a – what the answer is always buy a three or four pair and try them all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go to, go to REI or your local running store and tell them what you're doing and try some things out. Um then you know there's the nutrition is probably the other one. How yeah. do I? What should I eat? How should I do this? Um, and again, that's something that they tell you. You have to train it. Yeah, you have to train it. You have to practice eating and taking in calories while you're training to yeah. get your body used to it because it's going to take eighteen to twenty hours of work. Yeah. to complete this in a thirty-six hour period. You know I. I did some math and said, okay, if every loop is an hour and a half, you know, that's 22 and a half hours of work time uh, within 36 hours. And so you're going to have to, and you're going to be burning 600 calories a loop. And so you have to practice taking in calories while you train. So that's been a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What what has been your preferred calorie source? So uh, I am, I'm testing some things right now. I actually found a smoothie, um, that I like. So actually the event sent us a list of here are the things that are going to be available at the aid stations. Yeah. And so I went out and bought several of those items and I found a very high calorie smoothie. Uh, it's about 400 calories in 12 ounces. Yes. And yeah, it is, it is thick and delicious. <laughs> um, but also I could drink about half of it and the other day, I drank about half of one and got on a rower for 30 minutes and felt fine. Yeah. And got off the rower, drank the other half, got on the exercise bike and got on the echo bike and for 30 minutes and felt fine. So other things I've tried, you know, might feel a little heavy. Yeah. But that was one thing I found like, okay, I can, I can ingest this and keep working. Because that's what you're looking for. And bananas, um, bananas normally, I do pretty well with those. Yeah. I think... Like for me personally, my my biggest like unknown concern is um, like I've never done like a true endurance event. Mm-hmm. I've done 
the I've done two half marathons. Mm-hmm. But the reality is like a half marathon is kind of like you can kind of gut it out. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta stay hydrated. If, if you're like way behind on your hydration, you're in trouble. But like you can get behind, start cramping a little bit, and mm-hmm. just like yeah, I can still just gut this out. Yeah. But like, uh, but that you can't. Uh, like the concern for me is is not getting to that point. Because like, mm-hmm. for example, uh, like if you start developing like a little hot spot on your foot like fuck it i got two more miles mm-hmm. you know or if it's like i got um am i cramping a little bit it's like i can yeah. just kind of gut this out for another mile right. but you can't do that if, <laughs> if you've got another you know yeah. uh 24 hours of work to put on right. so it's like not getting behind not like like not getting behind on anything and yeah. and and being aware of like any any of those like small issues and taking care of them like now. Cause like yeah. I've never had that mentality. My yeah. mentality has always been like, I'll just push through just it and push through it. deal with it at the end. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, that's, that's one of the things again, why as the training gets long, what, why as much as anything, you're training your mind yeah. on, okay, you might have to push through, boy, my knee's a little sore. Yeah. Keep going. If yeah. you need to stop, stop for 30 minutes. There's a massage therapist down there. Go see them, yeah. get it treated Get back out there. Yeah. The term I heard recently that really resonated with me is relentless forward motion. Yeah. It's just, you got to just keep going. To be successful at this thing, you don't have to be the fastest guy out there. In fact, there's no award for finishing first. Yeah. There is absolutely, they don't, they don't even tell you your time that it took you to finish it. They don't, they don't track the time it took. It's track your laps. It, you track your laps and how many laps did you have done when we got to the end of 36 hours? There's no ribbon for winning, for coming in first place. Did, that, did they have a uh, completion percentage? Like how many people complete it? I mean, I, I've heard that it's uh, probably two-thirds. Okay. Probably between half and three-fourths. I think as it goes on, the training is becoming more and more refined, and so that that completion percent is going up. Um, Probably people are like more aware of also like yes, you better train for this. Yeah, and, and so it's interesting. I listened to a podcast the other day from like from the founders, and they're talking about the very first one of these things they ever did. Yeah, and they put it together and got out there, and about three laps in, they were talking to each other, and one of them looked at the other and said, "This is way harder than a lot of people think it's going to be." Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's what. And that's the whole point of this thing is this, it's supposed to be hard. Yeah, yeah. It, it is supposed to test you. Um, if you feel like you've got a 50, 50 shot of finishing this thing. Good. Yeah, that's yeah. the way it should be. <laughs> you should not go into this thing. And I got this. Yeah, you need yeah. to understand, you know, you got about a 50, 50 shot because that 36 hours is a hard cap. 36 hours. If it rains, the clock's still ticking. If yeah. it's windy, if it's snowing, if, there's mud. If it's a heat advisory, the clock is still ticking. So yeah. you got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the tough part. It's like, man, if you get in there and you're just like, you're just grinding. And you're like, I'm not even a quarter of the way through. Right. That's where like that, that mental. That's where the mental yeah. side of it. And, you know, they, they talk about that. You have to be prepared to, when you want to stop, just keep walking. Again, all the training is is very interesting. None of the training is for speed. Yeah. Like all the training is designed to be in 
a cardio level two. Yeah. You know, zone two cardio. So it is a conversational nasal breathing yeah. um, level. So because you're not sprinting up this hill, you're you're hiking, you're walking, but you're doing it for a long time. So all the training is designed for you to just practice this relentless forward motion. Well, what's been the hardest training day you've had yet, like before this? Um, for this event, mm-hmm. um, so yesterday I had an hour and forty five minutes of cross training. Okay. which is our long day. So, yeah. and, and so they define cross training as not a running day. Yeah. So, um, so I did 30, I did like 25 minutes on the rower, then 20 minutes on the bike. And then I took a break and then I did, uh, took like an hour break. And then I did another 30 minutes on the rower and 30 minutes on the bike. Yeah. So within three hours, I did an hour and a half of, of cardio training. Yeah. That was a long day. And there's been days when like, there's a day when, had class for an hour, um, had a pretty hard uh, group fitness class, got done with the class. 15 minutes later, I got my running shoes on, and I'm out running four miles. Yeah. Um, and, and that's starting to build. This week is week 11 of my training, and so this is where it's getting up to be. It's 20 weeks? 20 yeah. weeks of training. Um, it's getting to be an, an hour and a half to two and a half hours of work a day. Yeah, yeah. So it's growing, and it's yeah. going to grow by about ten percent a week, is what I understand. What's the longest you've done on the step mill thus far? Uh, well, the timer stopped, cut you off at sixty minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so what I've what I've been doing, and the way I've attacked it is to know that okay, roughly, I've got two thousand, you know, rounding up, got two thousand feet of elevation gain to do, and yeah. so when I get on the step mill. I say okay, I, I found the level that says okay, if I go to level six, I do. 200, 210 floors in an hour, yeah. which is roughly 2,000 feet of elevation gain yeah. in an hour. And yeah. so that's, I try to approach it that way and say, okay, I want to gain 2,000 feet of elevation in an hour. Yeah. So incline treadmill, step climber, doing doing the Chad workout, yeah. you know, got broke out and did the math on that and said, okay, if I, if I do, you know, 1,000 box step ups in an hour, yeah. that's about 1,800 feet of elevation yeah, yeah. gain. So I've done that about three times. All right. Now, then what, how has your body felt after doing those one-hour, like, elevation workouts? So uh, the first one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's gotten to where I can do an hour. Uh, I can gain 2,000 feet of elevation an hour and feel pretty good at the end of it. Yeah. Again, it just... Ten, after 10 weeks of doing it, yeah. like, okay, I'm, I'm building the capacity. And so pretty soon, and, and, you know, I've gone on a couple of, like, this past weekend, I went out rucking. Yeah. So I had a 40-pound pack on, and I walked for three hours. Yeah. Um, went out in, in Shelby Farms and walked for, walked for three hours yeah. and, you know, took some food with me. And, you know, again, to practice the nutrition. So I'm out there. I'm, I'm carrying food, carrying my pack. That was, a, that was a long day, but I got done with that and thought to myself, okay, I could rest 15 minutes and keep going. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of where, where I need to be is yeah. I need to be able to finish an hour work thinking to myself, okay, I could rest 15 minutes and do that again. Yeah. yeah. What, um, 
What's kind of like, have you been checking your body composition? If so, what's, what's it been doing? So, um, you know, Angie's my nutrition coach. And so she and I, she's been a great resource for me as far as how to think about this. So, um, been a great partner in strategically, how do I think about this? Because I'm burning a lot of calories every day now. And so we, we tweaked my nutrition, my macros and things like that with the goal being to, you know, I'm probably going to lose some body weight. And I have probably since December, I've probably lost 12 pounds. Yeah. Um, mostly body fat. Yeah. And I was, had a little holiday weight on yeah. to lose anyway. <laughs> but, um, but I'm, I'm down probably about 218 is my weight right now. And, I, you know, if I'm between 210 and 215 when I hit the mountain, that's going to be about ideal. Yeah. And the goal has been to do that without losing muscle mass. Yeah. And so, so far... I'm probably down maybe a pound of muscle mass yeah. in that. And so the goal is to lose the weight, but lose it the right way. Yeah. And don't, don't let myself starve because to be successful in this, I got to be fueled. Right. Right. And so I've, I've really focused on as my training has amped up, I'm amping my, my good calories. Yeah. Up. Nice. So, so it, it, so the weight loss has been primarily in body fat, but, and, so at like in just in the last couple of weeks though, it's like, wow, my, my water is down. I need to watch, I need to watch my hydration yeah. a little bit more. So it, that's been great to have her watching this with me. Yeah. What's been the response from like your peers when you tell them you're doing this? So that's an interesting question. Um, the people I know through the gym are excited for me. Yeah. They're, they're encouraging me. They are, you know, keeping me accountable, yeah. you know, every once in a while when I say, make a comment about, man, I, I don't want to go run today. And, you know, I'll hear that mountain ain't going to climb itself, buddy. <laughs> um, so the average person that I talk to about this, um, I would say about one in four get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, 75% of the people who hear I'm doing this have no idea why in the world would I <laughs> ever contemplate putting myself through this that it it just that sounds insane you are crazy (laughs) the other 25 percent tell me more yeah yeah (laughs) they're intrigued excited but yeah and and so you know all the all the the guys that i'm in class with in the morning man they're excited for me they're encouraging me they're you know they're cheering me on they know i'm not in group class anymore that often i go still go a couple times a week because part of the training is strength work and so i use the group classes as my strength work yeah but you know if i come in and just go up to the cardio loft i mean they know what i'm doing there and so they're asking me how's it going and they're they're checking on me and so it's you know the, the people close to me who get it are really encouraging the people i work with yeah uh they've been super encouraging you know um the ceo i work with he he was 100% behind me doing this yeah. because he knows, man, this is going to charge your battery. Yeah. And I want you to be the best version of you. And yeah. this is going to help you be the best version of you. So go get it. So yeah. he's been super flexible. When I say, listen, I'm, there's going to be a couple mornings. I'm going to come in late because I'm training long. He's yeah. like, cool. You, you know, you're a responsible professional. You know what you got to do. Plan yeah. accordingly and get yeah. after it. Yeah. That's awesome. Is it, uh, is it like... All the twenty five percent are also people who exercise, or <laughs> I mean, is that kind of the ratio? Uh, interesting. Uh, that's probably fair. <laughs> that's probably that's probably fair. That those who do get it are ones who who understand health and fitness and the benefits of it. Yeah. Do um, do you have anything else? Like, because I feel like once 
once you kind of get into these things, you're like, ooh, and then like you're aware of like this next thing. Do you have anything else that you're like kind of in the back of your mind thinking after this, or is it zoned in 100? percent Not yet. Um, okay. This is this has been the focus. Okay. You know, um, once I made this decision, this has been the focus, and what's next? I will say, once this is over and I've recovered from it, it's going to be really interesting to see to figure out what's next. Yeah. Um, because I think on the other side of this start thinking okay well gosh if you can do that what's to keep you from doing this over here yeah. you know and and so it just sort of opens up the the possibilities yeah. so um but no don't have anything yet that i know is going to be next uh all right final question what's been what's been the biggest change in yourself personally that you've that you've realized in starting this journey for the 29029 So I, I think that, again, it gets back to understanding that my capacity is so much beyond what I, my, I would let my mind think. You know, as, as I'm, you know, again, gosh, you're going to go up and you're going to do cardio for an hour, and then you're going to get done, and you're going to feel like you could do it again. Yeah. That Just the understanding of, man – you don't know how much you're capable of. Yeah. You know, if you give yourself time, if you if you give yourself the runway to work on a goal, to attack something, if you get a good plan, man, I, you know, I, I can sit here now and I, I went from thinking, wow, this is a, you know, this is a, this is a, a, a goal, right? So now it's like, okay, this is an achievable objective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it, it's, it, it's narrowed down to where, all right, I can, I'm starting to see, hey, this is going to be hard. Yeah. And this is going to suck. Yeah. But I'm starting to basically see a path to, okay, I think you're going to have a shot. You know, you're going to show up. If you show up in shape, um, barring, you know, injuries can happen or whatever, but man, you show up in shape. You got a shot at this. Yeah. I mean, don't be afraid to try this. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. All right, Barry, man, thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate and sharing it. it. Awesome. Enjoyed it. All right, y'all. NBS Fitness Radio out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.